Hello and welcome to Horror. This is a fortnightly podcast in which myself, Lee, and Adam will be taking our friend Chris on a journey through the twisted world of horror cinema in the hopes of introducing him to some of the many delights the genre has to offer. The premise is very simple. We will sit down together and watch a film. As soon as it's finished, we will sit down and record the podcast immediately afterwards. As such, it will be very spoiler-heavy, and we do suggest you watch the film yourself before listening to the podcast, not only so we don't spoil it, but also so you know exactly what we're talking about. At the end of each discussion, we'll decide what film we'll be watching next, and we'll let you know so you have a fortnight to watch it yourselves, and then come on our journey with us again. Along the way, there will be facts, laughs, opinions, probably quite a lot of swearing. Any full frontal nudity will be completely irrelevant, as this is audio only. So, with the introduction over, it's now time for the podcast. Thanks for listening. So, yeah. That's big in the class we had at school. It's just a strange. Yeah. And we know we didn't get to see any fannies. <laughs> Wes. They don't really count. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. I'm Adam. I'm Chris. And I'm Jennifer. Excellent. You have to think about that. Well, you know. <laughs> Um, so we've just watched Carry On Screaming Um, for those uh, (laughs) out of the UK listeners uh, the Carry On is a series of films from the 60s and 70s I've got I mean I've got I've got a vague history early 60s or Uh, it's there's a total of 30 films wow in the Carry On series I don't count that's Carry On because it's a compilation. Oh, and although really? people say 31, they're wrong. <laughs> and I will deck anyone who says otherwise. But the carry-on... 31, you say, Adam. There's 31. There's 30. <laughs> uh, yeah, 30 films running from 1958's Carry-On wow. Sergeant... Early. ...to 1978's Carry-On Emmanuel, mm. and then the one-off return in 1992, Carry-On Columbus, mm. featuring most, uh, basically the people who weren't dead. Yeah. Which was not many. No, unfortunately. Uh, but it does mean that I can say I did see a carry-on in the cinema. Oh, oh really? Which I'm quite pleased about. Yeah, me and Wes went to see it. Oh, of course you did. Well, Rick Mayall was <laughs> in it and Nigel Planer. Oh, and oh right, okay. Keith Wait. Allen and Peter Richardson. and It was, quite, it was basically the comic strip <laughs> with Jim Dale and <laughs> I think Leslie Phillips and John Pertwee turn up as well in it. I'm sure they do. Excellent. Um... So, so basically, they are a. They're all set in different time periods, um, and it's a a comedy film of non-stop double entendre. Well, so really, it's and jokes. It's because it starts off quite 
like the early black and white ones still have it's because I mean Carry On Screaming you know is a genuinely good comedy film oh it's phenomenally funny and it has double entendre in it yes and then basically it degenerates into how many knocker jokes can you get into a film <laughs> and so on and so but by the time you get to Carry On Emmanuel that's because of the porn film Emmanuel yeah and it's kind of when they were trying to compete with stuff like the Confessions of series yes because yes. there's always been a there's always been a big thing in England of um, sort of tra- uh, like a tradition of comedy series, mm. like there was the Doctor films, you know, like Doctor in Love and Doctor yeah. in Trouble and things like that, and then there's the Confessions of films and all that kind of thing, and there was Up as well, which was Frankie Howe's lot, like you had Up Pompeii and Up the Front and yes. stuff like yeah. that. And yeah, the Carry Ons were probably just the biggest and most successful of those. So, so do do we think it's not transported over to any other countries? I, I I've spoken to a couple of people in the states, um, and they have not heard of this, mm-hmm. which is why I yeah. thought yeah. I'd just give it a quick explanation of what they were before. Good um, and again, they had, as Adam was saying, uh, they always had the same actors. Generally, that mm. well, they had a large cast of actors, and mm. they always used from the same pool. Yeah, yeah, it's like a sort of repertory company. It's like um, I think I said that that's how I described American Horror Story. Yes, is it's like having a carry-on team where just everyone you pretty much have most of the same actors every time playing various roles, but usually to a type. Yeah. Um, Less knockers jokes though. Le- I found in. Uh... <laughs> oh that, yeah. yeah, and I think I think that's probably why they're not going to do, not do as well. well. You know, yeah. they're not going to get thirty-one series. They're not going to get twenty twenty years going <laughs> and then be asked back in like sort of another twenty years to do one before everyone's dead. They might though. Yeah, it'd just be the kid from Cult is the only one. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, so before we go on to that. Um, Adam, what have you been watching in horror, or in general? Well, I can honestly say that I thank I thank you because we had to postpone the recording of this because I was dreadfully full of snot and buggies and cough. But that does mean that I've had plenty of time in between. So I have, and I even wrote it down because I, I always forget. So yeah, recently I watched The Brood, the Dave Cronenberg Oliver Reed film, okay. which I. Thought I'd seen and possibly have, but not never really taken it in clearly. Hmm. Um, but that is that's well worth check, checking out. But it's it's from the early Cronenberg period, so it's kind of Scanners sort of video drone era, where it's kind of like a thriller, but with elements of body horror and lots of weird science. And it's got Oliver Reed in it, so that is just excellent on the plus column. I watched, I rewatched Holy Terrors. You know, we saw it uh, oh, horror that, on sea. Oh, yes. oh no! Oh, okay. the the black and white like Arthur Macken anthology. Yes. Little bits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I re I rewatched that whilst mm. dreadfully ill. Oh, which was no, it was brilliant. It was because like, <laughs> it worked. It made it a fever dream sort of feeling. So yeah, so, I so you're recommending that. this on people's sort of deathbed slash deathbed, fever, deathbed you know. three o'clock in the yeah, morning, right? Um, you know, existential crisis. Mm. Um, you know, stealing from a tobacconist's. <laughs> all these sort of nexus points in life. I think yeah, could be script, uh, scripted against that. I think I would enjoy that. 
Muchly so. Mm. Uh, I watched Naja, which is the uh, vampire movie that David Lynch produced, and, and he's in it as a morgue attendant for about two seconds. But that's really good, and it's kind of like, it's in the same vein as The Addiction, in that it's a 90s black and white, very arty vampire film, but really good. And um, Peter Fonda's in it as Van Helsing. Oh, cool. But he is just the bollocks, because <laughs> it's basically, his nephew has to bail him out of jail because he's been arrested for killing Dracula. Uh, and he's, but he's just sitting in a cafe going, I, I told them, how can you kill something that's already dead? It's ridiculous. Anyway, it's sad. He was like Elvis at the end. You know, drugs. He wasn't really into it. And yeah, he just steals the show. He's just, yeah. It's, and it's also filmed on a weird uh, camera in places to give you sort of, for want of a better expression, vampire vision. Yeah. It's filmed on an old Fisher-Price camera which just makes everything look really pixely. Wow. So I would recommend find a decent copy of Naja because if you, I would imagine if you watched it on YouTube, it would just look like yeah. your YouTube, like your connection's bad or it's just a shitty copy because there are parts of it that now just feel like, oh, someone's uploaded this three times to YouTube, have they? From like a video <laughs> so what, what was once art is now just going to look like a glitch. <laughs> and I watched A Dark Song and I really loved that um, I think it's on Netflix I, it's about three quid on DVD I recorded I think I uh, watched it on the Horror Channel possibly and it's basically Steve Oram who uh, you know from Sightseers yeah uh, it's him and uh, I can't remember the actress's name but it's basically a two hander and it's a woman hires an occultist to uh, perform a specific ritual, and it's a genuine ritual, or a genuine ritual from folklore rather than a made-up one, yeah. about how to see your guardian angel. Uh, and you get to meet your guardian angel and ask for something. Mm-hmm. But she is looking for vengeance because, like, vaguely, well, people messing about with occultism kidnapped and killed her child. So she's looking for vengeance. Then for vengeance, yeah. But she is like, so they're trapped in the house, but they go through, it's a lot about ritual and things like that. And it's like so accurate. It's like, you know, it's just lots of starvation and lots of real like mental games and having to put yourself through the mill to get you to a state where you can even begin to perform the ritual. Yeah. And yeah, just really well done, really sort of, and has really oddly sort of elegaic sort of magical moments and stuff like that when the ritual begins to work. But it's it's sort of like all based around the fact that it's the ritual's going wrong because she doesn't tell the occultist her proper reasons at the start. Okay. Because she's worried that he won't help her. Yeah. Um, and so that, affects the ritual and the process and everything and it just it's yeah but it's really good and and just and also oddly uplifting as well which is quite sort of strange but yeah you'll be glad to know Mm -hmm. i had told someone who i work with who's a, a a decent film buff yeah um to watch the witch yeah um he came back to me this week and said he'd seen it finally yeah um 
And he had the same response that you did. He found the end really uplifting. And yeah. I was like, no, you can't have done. And he said, yeah, after all that shit, she finally became a witch and just threw everything off and finally got to just be. And I was like, yeah, why did I not get this <laughs> from the end? Like, it, and you, you both got it, and I thought you were a freak. But apparently... No, um, no, that's a, that is a, it is a, a feel-good movie, because it's like, it's like... No, but I mean, what, what else has she got? She can sit there and be pious and sit in... Um, and like have her mum be a total dick to her <laughs> and her dad be a useless dick. And fly off on a broom and yeah, yeah, exactly. Fly off on a broom, pulped, uh, covered in baby pulp. Mm-hmm. You get to walk around naked and do all sorts of stuff. Get a cat. You get a cat. Yeah, that's like free <laughs> when you join. You get a cat, you get yeah. to live deliciously, which, mm-hmm. let's face it, implies fondant fancies. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, yeah, it is an uplifting film. I mean, I mean, a lot of people sort of tend to go more Forrest Gump or something like that. But no, that's <laughs> no, a witch for me every time. No, you and Manny definitely <laughs> the witch is the... Uh... Chris, have you been watching anything horror since our last recording? No horror, but I did see Ready Player One at the cinema. Oh, which... good? Uh, well, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, if you like 300 plus 80s references, mm. you know. Yeah, I'm es- there. Especially um, sci-fi, geek, you know, all that sort of stuff. I, I picked out about four, I think. I'm not that well versed in 80s. So this is Sharon's... Mm. Oh, possibly yeah. 2001 mm, yeah. Right. Yeah. I've heard nothing but good things mm. about this film um, well, well yeah. it, like, it was interesting though because it was so different to the book but I still thought uh, Steven Spielberg had adapted it in a, a great way that probably made it work better in a film arguably um, that is his job technically yeah <laughs> well, no, it's, <laughs> it's, film. It's, it's always hard because when, when you've yeah, liked the book job. so much I know but you, you sort of think oh I'd like to see the scenes that were in the book but then the head. scenes that he made were good as well so it's like yeah. it's basically just you know it's more good on top of other good I, I suppose I presume is it, is it rights based as well is there certain things that they can well, do in a book yeah, that they can't yeah, visualise yeah. it is yeah possibly like if they can't get the permissions to do it the license, I mean, well, Steven yeah. Spielberg you're a fucking idiot if you don't give him the money and just say yeah, yeah I'll have to yeah. yeah well that would be he did mention that actually I had an interview with him and he said it was actually there was some possible trickiness to getting the rights to his own movies I can't <laughs> I, think, I think he said that it's, it's something about like um, I suppose the way you portray it Oh, yeah. Um, like, well, he um, wasn't allowed to take the piss out of his own movies. In his well, own film. well, well, I think <laughs> didn't that's write what that he into the clause, did he? <laughs> you yeah. just let him, wouldn't you? Because you just think if you've got, a, you know, something like a rampage or one of like, I don't know, yeah. rampage is a bad you example because they've just it. made a film. Yeah. Well, no, if you don't charge him, mm-hmm. it's going to be in this film. It's going to mm-hmm. jog people's memories. Yeah, They're going to discuss it. Yeah. People are going to go and buy your old stuff again that nobody's probably had any interest in, in the last mm. twenty years. Mm. It isn't. It's a money spinner. Even if he doesn't pay you, he's got to make him money. I was going to say, sod it, just ask him for like half a percent or something like that. Yeah. And if you're Steven Spielberg, you'll, you'll do all right out of it. Yeah. <laughs> but what, what was his film before this? Because I never saw AI. Um, I don't know what I think it was. Wasn't like. it, um, didn't he do. Um, not Valkyrie, because that was the bloke who did the X Men, but he did like a. a Let's find out. Mm-hmm. Alexa? What was Steven Spielberg's last three films? 
The three newest Steven Spielberg movies by release date are Ready Player One that was released on the 29th of March 2018, The Post that was released on the 12th of January 2018, Post. and Spielberg that was released on the 7th of October 2017. Hmm. Hanged it after himself. <laughs> Thank you, Alexa. Okay. Well, <laughs> so anyway, so he did a great job in this, <laughs> and I, I highly recommend it. Um, yeah, if you like computer games and you know a, a taste of how the future of virtual reality could be, yeah, excellent. <laughs> oh, we did the BFG, Bridge of oh. Spies, Lincoln, Warhorse, Adventures of Tintin. I mean, let's face it, you've been waiting to have a decent one for a while, hasn't <laughs> yeah. it? Indiana Jones and the Curse of the Crystal Skulls, oh. Munich, Never saw that. War of the Worlds, The Terminal, Catherine the Crystal Skulls, no. Minority oh. Report. Oh, my Lord, I rewatched oh, that recently. I did like that. Oh, it's yeah. still Tom Cruise, but it's still good. <laughs> it's Philip K. Dick, so it's, yeah. it's, it's a good enough story behind okay. it to, mm. to smooth over the cruise. Um, <laughs> Jennifer, what have you been watching horror wise recently? Don't wrinkle your nose at me, answer the question. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> no, what have we even watched recently? Nothing I can remember apart from Agatha Christie. Which, is it horror? They're all killing each other? The, you yeah, know, the it's, recent it's, BBC, Agatha Christie. Yes, Ordeal by Innocence. Good. Yes, very good. Yes, annoying that it's three parts. BBC, if you're listening, stop doing that. It's old hat now. <laughs> we want Netflix, we want it here all the time. Yeah, just do a three, a one-off, yeah. three-hour job, bang it out. Yeah, that's it. Or just have it all ready. But, uh, but yes, so that was, uh, yeah, very, very good. Well, I must recommend The City in the City as well. It's based on a China Mieville book, and it was like the first China oh, Mieville book. Oh, I read book. a review on that recently, because yeah. I was like, oh, I haven't read that book, I've read some of his other books. So, yeah. yeah, and it was, mm. uh, it's like a uh, police procedural, but mm. it's set in a city where basically due to sort of old cultural boundaries, there's two versions of the city occupying the same space, and the inhabitants have trained themselves not to see the other side. So you can walk down a street and that side is in one place and then the other side of the street is in another. Wow. So the people in that city don't go into those shops and it sort of gets all intertangled okay. here and there and they've got a, for want of a better expression, like a secret police called Breach who come in and do deal with anything that's over the two, okay. like where the two towns meet yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah, I've watched the first two episodes and it's they've done it really well. Uh, if, you, if you went into it absolutely cold, you might think that the main guy's got a brain tumour, but that's because the way they've done it is they literally blur parts of the screen depending on which bit of the city you're in. Oh, OK. So, and it's like where he's basically been indoctrinated to not see... Wow. When he's in one one country, he doesn't see the other side, even though it's the same place. Where is this showing? This is on BBC Two. It's on iPlayer. They've got they've done a Netflix and just oh, bummed the lot on. Well right. done. So you could do it as a four hour. Oh, so drop. it's fine oh. to do it with other programmes, but not with uh, Agatha Christie. No, not with Agatha Christie. No. Right. Well, that's it. That's my oh. Sunday afternoon. So we. Mm. But yeah, that. it's um, they've done f what I've seen so far. They've done like a, a good job of. Uh, adapting the book because the book's his, mind blowing. I was gonna say I love his, but I've read two of his books. Hey, um, yeah, but they are. I can't imagine trying to put it on screen. It's yeah. one of those very uh, amorphous. 
yeah, it, it's just... It's a very internal sort of intellectual idea. Yeah. But they have found a pretty good way of demonstrating it on the screen. But like I say, if you went into it blind, you just think, has he got something wrong with him? Has he got like cataracts <laughs> in one eye? That sounds brilliant. Um, right, so uh, I've not watched anything horror, um, but I did on your suggestion, I think it was off mic, but I'll cover it anyway. Um, you suggested, somebody had told you, um, you were never really here, the new Whacking Phoenix yes, movie. Yeah. yeah. It is amazing and horrifically brutal. Yeah. Absolutely that's, unbelievable. That was the brutal. review I got given, and I've still yet to see it, but yeah. It's beautifully shot. The sound design in it is amazing. Cinematography is brilliant. Joaquin Phoenix is never anything but perfect. Um, yeah, it was just a really, really good film. But as I say, the violence in it is absolutely Gut churning. Oh, that could be one for me and Claire then. Like I said, <laughs> as long as as long as there's no ghosts doing it, she's happy. Yeah, no, she she love this. It's really, really nasty, <laughs> really, really gory. So, um, yeah, definitely. So it's de- it is definitely worth a check then because it, it was um, it was Dean at work who told me about it, and I trust him pretty much implicitly with films. He's got yeah. Marvellous taste. Yeah, yeah, so. and if you hadn't told me about it, I would never have watched this. Mm. But yeah, it's it's a, it's a beautiful. It's got that almost art house. It's I don't know if it isn't like an O'Toole movie, but it feels like that. Like every element of it fits together so perfectly. It feels like one mind has created it in an I, entire vision. I think that is the case. the The director of it, her name escapes me, but she is a hilarious tiny tiny Scottish woman oh really yeah but she like she wrote it she from what I gather I was listening to like a and a with her and she basically wrote it with Whackin Phoenix like they kind of knocked it out together mm. and similarly with like the sound design which is Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead and again, same sort of thing where a lot of people came on board early. Oh, and they worked together. Yeah, so than... it's sort of yeah, rather than it was a plan that she had, and sort of everyone, it was yeah, everyone kind of was in sort of quite early on. So all the stages grew together. It absolutely feels. As I said, I've not done any research. I literally sat down, watched the film, turned it off, and. Although I've thought about it since, I haven't actually done any research on it. But yeah, that was absolutely how it felt. It was a, it was a masterpiece. It was absolutely brilliant. Cool. Um, we'll have to check that out. Yeah, definitely. Buy the soundtrack when someone could be bothered to release it on CD. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> another Wolf Cop. The soundtrack is out, but the film isn't out for another two months. So that's. Oh, fair enough. Me. And is it just called Another Wolf Cop? Yeah. Yes, that's good. That uh, is only fitting. <laughs> So you you watched Wolf Cop, didn't you? Yes. 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 And and much hilarity did ensue. Absolutely. You did not watch that, did you, Jennifer? No, I think when you told me it was called Wolf Cop and I said, Is it about a wolf who's a cop? and you said yes, I decided You switched off. Maybe a bit point. low budget for me. Not like I mind low budget, if it's well thought out and not just named after it's what happens in main, it. Main, yeah. <laughs> but to be fair, it, it mm. so it won a... So the idea was it was a competition 
where they made a trailer for oh, the film. Oh, and they won to make the And film. the one that, that okay. won in the film festival got a million dollars or something to go and make the film. Maybe you should have shown me the trailer, and I might have thought, wow, that's amazing. I've not seen the original well, trailer. So it was like a hobo with, with a shotgun kind yeah. of deal. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Again, yeah. is that a film about a hobo who perhaps has a yeah. shotgun? Yeah. It is Rook yes. Hour, to be fair. Yeah. yeah. And it has got one of the guys from Trailer Park Boys in it, so... Yeah. <coughs> Ticks a lot of boxes for me. Mm. I still only made it halfway through, but I will go back to it. There's nothing quite like having your Rutger Hauer box ticked. <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, that's when I lost interest. Uh, uh, I can't remember what it was called. It was a Viking thing me and Claire were watching. Vikings. R- Rutger Hauer died. I was like, that's it. I was like, well, I don't care now, do I? <laughs> <laughs> If he's no longer in it, then what's the point? Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so before we go into the main uh, feature this evening, we also watched a short. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, somebody who Lady Jennifer knew a very long time ago, I won't say how long, so it might give away her age. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm only 21. <laughs> uh, but she's still friends with him on Facebook, uh, is a local-ish filmmaker... Um, for uh, Evil Hypnotist Productions. Uh, so Paul Williams is his name. Um, and he's crowdfunding a movie at the moment. By the time this is released, it's going to be too late, unfortunately. Is it finished uh, uh, today? I think or yesterday. Yeah, to, no, tomorrow. I think I got it when I just no, no, checked it earlier. It already finished. It already made all his money. He, made it. he did, but you can still carry on giving money. Oh, so he's made over his oh. budget. Um, yeah, and I think there's another 24 hours by the time we've edited mm. this and it goes out of the um, But, yes, yeah, so we went on and watched a, one of his previous short films um, earlier today, which was called... The Third Man. Yes. Not third. No. Third. Third. Because it's about a werewolf. Um, 15 not, minute... not the third wolf, but... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, 15 minutes short it's available on YouTube um, so what did you think? Clever yep I liked it I liked yeah. it it was funny mm-hmm. I'm also I'm fairly certain I know Paul as well yes yeah, sorry oh, oh, we all know Paul oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh I know Paul oh no, no. Chris? Paul when you're famous we all know you yeah. <laughs> send money <laughs> well, if he's crowdsourcing I can't imagine he's no, going to be sending us money yeah, anytime no. soon <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was it, it was smart and it was funny and it was really well shot actually. Mm. Mm. Considering it, it was a lot in yeah in fifteen minutes. Yeah, definitely. And it considering it's sort of like I don't know what for a cast of five, two locations. I think yeah, it felt more than that, and mm. yeah, I thought it was done really well. It, it felt like a great. Uh, like an episode in an anthology movie. Mm. Like it was just that very concise, very, this is the situation, it drops you. But again, it did that great job of, despite the fact it was so short, it misled you halfway almost to what you were mm. yeah. watching before you found out what the the actual full story was. Um, yeah, I thought it was brilliant. I really enjoyed it. Um, there are another four or five on that website, uh, all of which I will be going back to without a doubt. Um, and really looking forward to Frank and Mary when that comes out, which is the new one that he's just crowdfunded. So he's just made uh, just over five thousand pounds 
to shoot that, uh, which is about 8,000 of your US dollars. I know the exchange rate's that good, honey. At one point... Is it? Alexa. Oh. Alexa, what's the current GBP to dollar conversion? I'll just ask. One pound equals one dollar and 41 cents. I'll just ask to convert. Uh, <laughs> go on then. No, we're your messages. Alexa, what's five thousand British pounds in I'm US sterling. dollars? She thinks pounds. pounds five thousand pounds is seven thousand and twenty-five dollars and four cents. Yeah. Well, Wasn't that far off? Yeah. Certainly better than mine. So you've played darts with me, you know. <laughs> Did anyone notice the logo on the woman's top? No. Oh, Landis like a... Forestry. Oh, excellent. No, I didn't oh. spot that. Well done. Ah. I noticed the name of the uh, the cops. One was Cheney, was it? Because I thought yeah. Long Cheney mm-hmm. for some yeah, reason. Yeah. And the other one was something else that I thought, ah, that's a link. Well, I couldn't think what it was. Well done. Yes. Go you. How did you not, not notice? I was. I can honestly oh, say oh. that my heart has swelled with pride <laughs> with Chris for spotting yeah. that. Yeah. No, I no genuinely. You've I taught think. him something. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> it's like coming of age. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So go and check out Evil Hypnotist Productions. Um, watch their short films, and yeah, definitely watch uh, for uh, Frank and Mary coming out. October, I think, possibly. Oh, just in time for Halloween, hopefully. Mm. We might cover it on our... Uh, is is yes. that a short or a feature? Is he planning? I think it's actually a feature. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, I could uh, tell you in a moment. Keep talking amongst yourselves. <laughs> well, no, because then we'll have to edit it out anyway. Alexa, oh. well, do you know Paul Williams? Paul Hamilton Williams Jr. is an American composer, singer, songwriter wow. and actor. It still says it's a horror comedy short film. Oh, right, oh, okay. okay. But I was going to say a feature at five grand. Yeah, you bet. With a, with a short, you could get an amazing short yeah. out for five grand. Yeah. Speaking of budgets, though, that's also a feature of the Carry On films. Budgets. Yeah. Re- very low. No actor involved in any of it got anything other than base rate. <gasps> oh, really? That, they don't get any royalties. They've never got wow. any royalties. They never got any, so no matter how often the characters... No wonder they like to keep using them. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we're on to they a winner here. Nothing, yeah. yeah. So the budget on Carry On Screaming, for example, was um, 197500 <gasps> which is, well, approximate equivalent to today's money is about $3.5 million. Bloody hell. And, yeah. They that, must have made a killing back on that. Yeah. And this is the thing. All of them, they never... All the actors... I mean, Kenneth Williams' diaries are just filled with how much he was pissed off about it. And, yeah. But, um, no, they did... They basically... It was two It was two guys. It was a director, uh, Gerald Thomas. He directed literally every film. Mm-hmm. And produced by Peter Rogers, who produced literally every film. So they must have been paid all right. If they had oh, they were doing all right. Yeah. Apparently, Frankie Howard once said to Peter Rogers, uh, Peter Rogers said he'd broken his ankle or something, and Frankie Howard said, oh, you must have tripped over your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I love Frankie Howard. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, uh, again, that's probably another thing worth mentioning about the carry-ons. They yeah. weren't, you know, blockbusters. Well, let's get a quick synopsis. Alexa... Tell us about Carry On Screaming. Carry On Screaming 
1966 comedy film starring Kenneth Williams, Jim Dale and Harry H. Corbett. Its runtime is 1 hour, 37 minutes. It has an IMDb rating of 6.9 out of 10 and is rated A. Thank you very much. Rated A. A pretty good film for a low-budget British movie. Um, Yeah, so what did you make of it, Chris? How familiar are you with the Carry On franchise? I've probably seen three or four, but I was quite young. I definitely remember Hospital... I think Parent Camping you must remember that was on every every weekend see I think generationally I think we were all brought up with there would be a carry on film much in the same as there would be a Bond film on yes yeah, bank holiday it's a bank holiday it's a weekend they'll have put a carry on or a Bond film on and so I think probably Chris is like that the tail end of a generation where it's like only just saw some of them because yeah. now they're not really shown at all in no. much. No, I think that humour's unfortunately been kind of looked down upon quite a lot, so I don't think it's. I think older people would still like it, so I think, you know, is it not on Dave all the time or something? One of those They do. Channels? UK Gold yeah. sort of does marathons every so often. Uh, oh, go. yeah, I can imagine that. Uh, but again, it's like, like you say, it's. Tends to be sort of the more recent one. Then. The, no, oh no, oh, Karen right. Colum- Karen Columbus has been sort of yeah. papered Lost. over quite sort of. <laughs> I think because most of the people, like I say, there was there was only like a few of the original Carry On team involved, mm. and the majority of the rest were comic strip people, Lexi Sales in it, and Peter Richardson and so on. And I think that they, I don't think they disown it. I mean, I know Rick Mail said he was very proud to have been in a Carry On film, but then. Mm. You know, Rick was not above a double entendre, was he? No, um, no, no. And I think it is—it was being part of a comic tradition, but I think changing attitudes that don't really necessarily have to go against all the films. It's only like the later portion that really get into the sort of titty bums yeah. sort of end of things. So they got worse than this one, didn't? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fucking hell, yeah. I mean, this was clean. Yeah, yeah no, this is, okay. This is sixty-six. Oh, I thought so it was. Too, yeah. yeah, and, and the Very comedy in this was—I I thought was really good. I really enjoyed it. As you mm. say, that, although there were double entendres in it, it didn't rely entirely on that. No, there was a lot it's, more going on with the humour than just. Yeah, and that's I, another word for boobs. I wonder if it's because one of the key things about it is you don't have Sid James in it, who is probably the one key uh, yes. carry-on yeah. star who isn't in it, mm. and he was meant to be in it, but he was ill. So Harry oh. H. Corbett oh. took over. Oh, really? Yeah, that's why he's Sidney Bung, because Sid only ever played characters oh. called Sid. Oh. Do you know oh. what? As, as much as I love Sid James, yeah. and I do love Sid James, I think Harry H. Corbett did mm. such a phenomenal job in this. And it wouldn't have worked as well with anyone no, else. I don't think it would have worked as well with Sid, especially like the bit where uh, he's being seduced. Mm. Sid would be far too into it. Yeah, you know, it does, it, the humour yeah. there sort of like bit too arrogant, bit yeah, too sort a bit of, too. And sort I can't of, imagine yeah, him doing somehow. the the um, uh, Doctor Jekyll change yeah. thing. Yeah, I just can't wouldn't... picture him doing something like no. that at all on screen, particularly. Yeah, and I think yeah, they sort of Ari H. Corbett made it his own. Mm. But oddly, of there are twenty-one people in this film. 
Wow. Matt, oh, there's only twenty one. There's that's oh. yeah. There's twenty one people in this film. That includes the director doing the voice of Odd Bob Junior, <laughs> which is his only acting role apart from in Carry On Behind, where he was the voice of the minor bird. Ah. At which point the minor bird is saying, "Get stuffed and show us your knickers." So you can see that things have taken a bit of a downturn by the time Carry On Behind. But yeah, so there's twenty one people in this. Three, this is their only Carry On. The rest of them are in lo- are in yeah, hundreds yeah. and like even bit part people, not just like the obvious ones like Kenneth Williams and Joan Sims and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but oh, Harry H. Like Corbett, this is his only this is his only carry on, and um, Th- Frank Thornton as well, uh, Captain Peacock from Are You Being Served? Yes. Yeah, this is his only carry on film as well. I'd completely forgotten he was in it until he turned yeah. up on screen. Um, so how did you find? I know it isn't horror at all. But the, the well, I think oh, well, it's, it's funny. As it was going on, I thought actually it was more serious than I was expecting. The bits where they were turning them into wax, you know, because mm. they were actually killing them. Yeah. Well, although they, one got brought back to life, but <laughs> you know, yeah, I thought well, I wasn't quite expecting that. So yeah, I thought the way they showed it was actually, you know, a bit darker than I would have thought. Um, but it, it's interesting because. So 1966. Yeah. Like it's uh, what was it spoofing like Hammer or it Universal? Was, it was spoofing Hammer, right? Because okay. Hammer at that point were really at his peak. Okay, but and and they were all serious, were they, or did they do comedy? Well, this is a, an interesting thing that I dug up. Ooh. Is Hammer's first ever take on the Jekyll and Hyde story? Hmm is a film called The Ugly Duckling, starring Bernard Breslau. Oh, really? Now, Bernard Breslau was um, Socket in this, the butler, mm. and he tends to specialise in big, lugubrious thickos and henchmen yeah. and things mm. like that. But he... Yeah, there's a film called The Ugly Duckling. John Pertwee's in it as well, as his uncle. Okay. And he's basically a timid scientist, and he discovers his uncle's formula for transformation... And he becomes Teddy Hyde. And Teddy Hyde is basically a teddy boy. <laughs> so it's, it's like... But it's a hammer film. I remember I remember seeing like a clip of it or something like that years ago, but I didn't realise it's actually a hammer film and it's their first Jekyll and Hyde film. Wow. And that, I think... I, I'm now going to try and uncover that I and find it. I have to find that. Yeah. Way. Where was... Uh, where da, 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 da. Yeah. Uh... 1959 that was so it's actually five years before this oh yeah it precedes this yeah in fact I mean that's only one year after uh, it's only one year after the first Carry On film so yeah that was something that came up that Hammer were doing spoof like had done this kind of not overtly it's not comic in terms of the lines but kind of spoof Hmm. sort of take on Jekyll and Hyde they weren't doing Robert Louis Stevenson's book yeah they were doing a modern take on it and sort of, yeah, that he becomes this white boy, essentially, and starts running a local gang. That's really interesting. Because this, this had a, um, a really similar feel for me to the Abbott and Costello. So like yes. Abbott and Costello meet, the, meet Dracula and Abbott and Costello meet the mummy. And, yeah. Yeah. It, like, obviously, it, it's, it's very different in its time. But, yeah, it's got the same sort of... Um, I don't know, sort of structure to it, which I quite yeah. liked. You're going to have to fill me in on who Abbott and Costello are because 
I watched Arrival. The Arrival? Um, again the other day. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they call the aliens Abbott and Costello. Uh, and uh, Abbott and Costello were like a, a comedy team from the sort of 40s in Hollywood. Okay. Uh, in one of, and I think it was one of those classic cases where they hated each other with a fiery <laughs> passion. <laughs> oh, but, really? But they kept the act going. Um, but yeah, and the, they did like a series of comedy films, and it was like Abbott and Costello meet and things like that. They did one which was they did yeah Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, which has got which has actually got Bella Lugosi and Lon Chaney Jr. Mm-hmm. playing Dracula and Larry Talbot the werewolf. Yeah. Uh, and Glenn Strange playing the monster who was the guy who took over from Boris Karloff yeah um, so that's very in a similar way it's like with this where it feels like you've got all the, the right hammer look and the hammer mm, sets and yeah, everything exactly. with that they actually had the genuine people involved in fact yeah. it's the only time that Bella Lugosi plays Dracula apart from Dracula mm-hmm. every other time he's like Dr. Alucard and uh, <laughs> Dr. Acula and things yeah. like that <laughs> And um, yeah, and so that it, that again is something we should we should check out because that again, it has that. But the thing with that was is that Bud Adam and Luke Costello were a double act, so they were like Morecambe and Wise or the two Ronnies. Mm, I was going to say yeah, they remind me of sort of um, bollocks. Little and Arch, Cannonball. Uh, no, the American, the original, Lauren Hardy. Yeah, oh yes, yeah. they remind me of Lauren right, Hardy. Okay. They're that sort of a yeah. sort of slapsticky. Which is obviously that element was missing from this, but ah, oh, see, um, I thought it was a bit slapsticky. It still had a few sort of, you know, physical kind of. There's a, there's a lot moments. of physical business going yeah, on. Yeah, so it's not quite but full it's, on. But it's not sort of like no, it's not the not it's not where the humour lies necessarily. No. It isn't oh, he fell over? That's funny. Yeah, I think it's the timing <laughs> for me. So like mm. the bits. Oh, you know, yeah. where it's it's the quick fire, one person saying something after another, mm. and yeah. And, and that's what reminded me of the Abbott and Costello, very, very fast, really snappy. And yeah, it's that. Um, what is it? The uh, what, about ten o'clock or thereabouts, and it's whereabouts, hereabouts. Mm. We're police officers, or thereabouts. <laughs> <laughs> They've also got a, a very unique uh, sort of facial expressions, don't they? Mm. Um, I mean, that's something that I remembered from Carry On. They they all seem to sort of share that, cut those looks. Um, they go with their phrases. Yeah, mm. it's like a. Ser- I think Kenneth Williams described it as a series of grotesques. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, and weirdly enough, I think everyone, um, in terms of as comic actors, I don't think. I mean, certainly in this, everyone's fucking brilliant. Yeah, the yeah. timing is so good, and and even the fact you've got stuff like a lot of them. Uh, like half of what's funny about Peter Butterworth like the slow bottoms character mm. Peter Butterworth if you any carry on film that he's in watch him because he is on all the fucking time yeah. so he's in the background and he is Dude. still funny yeah. doing yeah. shit yeah. you know and <laughs> like when he's taking notes with um, mm. Harry H. Corbett and because that was something that I suddenly got out of nowhere which was Harry H. Corbett feels like he might have been Donald Pleasance's mm. sort of great grandfather from <laughs> Deathline. It's that same attitude. A bit of fresh air and that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it definitely did. But again, like you say, he's one of those who who was never in he was never one of the, the like the you know, if you named the big six who were in those films, 
he was never one of them. Mm. But yeah, as you say, he was always the one who always had the highlight moment in those films yeah. for me. He it's just... like, uh, what is it, Carry On, Don't Lose Your Head, where it's just like, right, go and find out what, go and find out what you can and be circumspect. Ah, it's all right. I was when I was a nipper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that, although some of them I think have aged badly, it was a, specifically the later ones I think mm. because of the type of humour I don't think this has at all I think this is well what does Chris think is it, well, was it, it funny you're watching it obviously first yeah you probably have sort of fond memories of watching mm-hmm. it so I think oh, that yeah. you know, influences your viewpoint as yeah no but... so what I really like is I think for me older films comedy works much better than serious films mm. um, which I've said before and so I think what, what was the one? Oh, it was the uh, the Bride of Frankenstein. Mm. That, yeah. So that, again, that just worked. And, you know, some similar... I suppose, like, the look is similar um, mm. and perhaps the way they're talking. But, yeah, I, I just really think uh, that works so well, a mix of horror elements with comedy. Mm. Um, and then, like I so said, I was slightly surprised that it had a sort of a serious element to this. Um, yeah, so, no, I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. I, th- I think it is the, the, the historical carry-ons are the ones that work the best because I think mm. the ones that were for their time contemporary have dated yeah mm. but the ones like carrying up the Kyber and like uh, don't lose your head and yeah. so on and so forth they're all the, and the carry on Henry carry on Cleo yeah they're, they're, they've all sort of they've retained a much more just a better thing probably because they were not of their time yeah so closely where the contemporary stuff sort of like or a lot of the hospital ones and things like that yeah yeah you know just basically I mean even you're just sitting there and it's like well he's having a fag in hospital mm-hmm. yeah yeah good luck with that one mate mm-hmm. you know but even carry on camping to a degree I remember <clears throat> as a kid watching it when it was probably only you know 15 20 years old still yeah. seemed fine but yeah I can't Imagine watching it now. Anyone? Well, nobody goes camping anymore. Yeah. So I don't think people. Yeah. Oh, people do go camping. Well, people oh, yeah, go camping, they... but not necessarily in that way. No. Yeah, yeah, it's so... very different. You know, you don't get the whole. You know, right? We're all going to get up and do aerobics, or you know, you just go. I think for campsites a... do sort of, don't they? Like Butlins do joint things still, don't they? Yeah, but that's not. Sleeping in a tent—that's a holiday wow. camp. It's a very different, and you wouldn't just go to the farm down the road and ask them for some eggs and ham, and you know, no, that's it's not the famous five days anymore. No, so and I that's think not. a lot of that is uh, lashings of ginger beer. Yeah, I don't think any of that no. necessarily works the way it did now. <laughs> well, now you go to the farm and it'd be a you know free range, um, you know. Yeah. Or if you want <laughs> these eggs, they're now organic. They're yes. five pounds a piece. Then pick yeah. your own eggs. <laughs> <laughs> There's a chicken. <laughs> I, I mean, I want the Bideree House. Yes. Mm-hmm. Every single aspect of that, I remember. Because it's weird. This, obviously, we're kind of doing this because of uh, uh, Bobby from Not For Everyone podcast, yes. who hashtag ask welcome to horror. <laughs> remember that. Um, who... Um, like he asked us where we sort of started in terms of horror, hmm. and I yeah I watched this obsessively as a kid, and I like I mean I found it funny, but I did actually watch it as an adventure. Hmm. It actually did have a plot, hmm. you know, because it's got a plot, and it's like you say, it does have 
it actually has a mechanic. The mechanic there is a there is actually a throughput of plot. Yeah, there are serious bits, even though they're absurd. Yeah, but they're played seriously and everything. And yeah, I it was it gives me the feeling that I wish I'd seen the Mighty Boosh when I was like ten, yeah. because I would have watched the Mighty Boosh yeah. like it was like. You know, I'd have still found it funny and silly and great and everything, mm. but I'd have got into the adventure side of it mm. more yeah. and sort of loved it like Doctor Who or something, where it's like you, you, the actual story. Yeah. Mm. And I think with this, I, I was just, yeah, I, I used to watch this fucking loads. And yeah, all the steampunk dials in the mm. laboratory are yeah. just great and yeah, just. The whole. I was eyeing up all the sort of antique stuff. Yeah. Oh, when you yeah. said about the budget, I was thinking, blind me, I bet they blew that just on the uh, antique things. But well, back I mean, then, they were probably just junk from a. Or, probably you know. was. I mean, it's, a, a lot of the time, I think they would. I mean, most of their stuff, they just did it at. Um, I think they just did it at Pinewood or else. Yeah. Mm. Whatever was lying around. Yeah. Mm. And so, yeah, it was just nicked that from this well, one. From Hammer, then, was yeah. it? Probably. Well, I mean. <laughs> where I, were, where I, were they shot? Well, I, I pretty much the same, yeah, same yeah. sort of areas and sort of, but I had a look at what else came out in 1966. Mm. Right? Now, Lee, mm-hmm. I, I mean, there is there are certain parts on here where you're going to cream, so I will say that now. Excellent. Hammer cool. Alone for 1966. Dracula, Prince of Darkness. Nice. The Plague of Zombies. Oh. Rasputin, the Mad Monk. The Reptile, The Witches, and One Million Years B.C. So, all of their best Hammer films, apart from Devil Rides Out, are pretty much... Apart from The Devil Rides Out, they don't have a... There's no Frankenstein entry in this one. I'm not a big fan of their Frankenstein movies, if I'm honest. I like the later ones, but yeah. But yeah, I I loved their... I love mm. their early stuff where they were, where where they were changing, yeah. and doing Rasputin and the witches and Dracula, mm. and and not just like well that was a good film let's make an eighth or ninth sequel to that, yeah. And and I loved that at the at the time Rasputin I definitely need to rewatch because I watched it once when I first got the Hammer box set and I've not watched it since. So. No, it's a, it's a good one. It's a very good one. Just in terms of horror, uh, non Hammer at this point. Uh, Island of Terror, Chamber of Horrors, Bunny Lake is Missing, The Haunted Palace, which is the sixth Ooh. in the Roger Corman post cycle. Yeah. Uh, the Old Dark House, a, a William Castle remake of that that I didn't know. I didn't even know that was a thing. No, I didn't either. Um, and Monster Go Home. <gasps> yeah. Oh, I love that film more than life itself. And then in, just in films, normal Batman, Fantastic Voyage, Fahrenheit 451. Brides of Fu Manchu, The Invisible Dr. Mabutha, uh, Spy Who Came In From The Cold, Dr. Javago, Alfie, Thunderbirds Ago. Oh, and Dalek's Invasion of Earth, 2150 AD. And you know we were talking earlier about Spielberg. Mm. Uh, the BBC, when they were doing the like big anniversary episode of Doctor Who, couldn't afford the rights to have the fucking film poster. No. Because they, like, they did this whole... Like meta thing where it was meant to be that the films had actually been made in the real world, hmm. based on stories that people had told about the Doctor. Yeah, 
And yeah, so they thought, oh, that would be just a little snapshot. It would be just be in an archive room or something like that. This poster for, yeah, wouldn't let him have it. And it's like bastards. <clears throat> yeah, kind of. Uh, but again, it was like the Spielberg thing. It's like it's a bit chicken and egg, mate. Mm. You know, you can't sort of like start going. Well, I don't. I don't you're not using that. And it's like you wouldn't. It wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that. Yeah. <laughs> How ridiculous. So yeah. And you think within the within its own franchise as well. Yeah. So, but that's the thing is like the movies were just they were amicus films actually. Um, oh. Like the the big screen ones with Peter Cushing. But yeah, so the BBC can't afford to get by the poster. From Amicus. Amicus, who were the small shed in the back. I know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They're getting their own back at this point. I think they might Feeling be. a little bit th- like, yeah. well... I think, I think there's a lot of that, yeah. I love honest. Amicus, I really do. Um, for me, they are genuinely a rival to, to Hammer in excellence. Yeah. But yeah, it's funny that they were the the black sheep bastard cousin at the time and now they're able to throw their weight around with the BBC which is kind of ridiculous mind you they're not the the slippery deformed stepson in the attic that was Tygon oh Tygon is Tygon did some great stuff they did some horrible nasty shit that I didn't enjoy at all as well it's sort of yeah there's literally no shits given which is (laughs) which is quite nice in a film sometimes uh, Carry On Screaming is the longest Carry On film. Oh no! Yeah, one, uh, one hour thirty-seven. Uh, yeah. Oh. Wow. That is so. It's the longest one. Second film to feature a sung titles. Uh, like had a, a song for the titles rather than just a piece of music. Spotify. Why have you not got that song? It's amazing. I want it on my Halloween playlist. <laughs> Please sort it out. You'd have heard it earlier on in the introduction to this uh, episode. Oh, Fenella Fielding. Yeah, that's 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 that that woman still has a powerful effect. Yeah, yeah. Did you realise that? Was that something to do with why you watched it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah. yeah, this was the thing when I was when I was when I was too young to get a lot of the sexual innuendo. It was just you a great adventure with people being silly, mm. and then later on it was like, yeah, we'll watch that, but I'll lock the door first. Mm. <laughs> so you know, it's just her voice. She's just got. Yeah. An astonishing voice. It's But yeah, she's uh the magnificent Fenella Fielding. Um Mrs. Foxfur in Guesthouse Paradise, obviously. She is. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh she's also the voice of the village in The Prisoner. Like all the telephone operators oh God, and everything really? and all the announcements are Fenella Fielding, yeah. I did not know that. And she's done uh, an album of covers that came out a few years ago from uh, Savoy Books, which is a podcast in and of itself. Um but yeah, uh, uh, very strange covers of Public Image and White Stripes and Tom Waits. I'm going to pick the strangest of those songs, possibly Tom Waits, because I really like Tom Waits, yeah. um, and have that as the outro to this episode. So that's something to look forward to. Fenella Fielding singing something very out of character. So, But she does make it her own. Mm-hmm. And apparently... Um, there was one dress. And she was sewn into it? She was. <laughs> she was <laughs> sewn into it and had to, and yes. had a leaning board. Ooh. So, because she... In between takes. Yeah, she, to, uh, because yes. she could not sit down. No. Wow. And again, we're back to the, the, the strenuous budget of uh, Carrie <laughs> Apparently she had to provide her own jewellery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> they Space really storm. was. There was no expense spared. <laughs> you've got you've got a choice with your carry on screaming though, if you can find it, because the titles are sung by a guy called Ray Pilgrim, mm. and then they released it as a single, sung by Boz Borrell, who was the bass player from Bad Company and King Crimson. Wow. Which is just odd. Mm. That I'm yeah. definitely going to try and uh, get my brother, who works at a record shop, <laughs> to try and track down on pain of death. That's that's probably worth that's probably worth more than the poster yeah. for Daleks invasion. Yeah, this is true. This is true. <laughs> but um, yeah, this is the twelfth Carry On film, and comes in between um, Carry On Cowboy and Carry On Don't Lose Your Head. Uh, it's the third colour one. Ah, and I uh, thought that it had a very early colour look to it. It's very. Over like it's very over the top color. Yeah, because there's because there's a there's a lot that there's the three sort of golden what I think are the golden Carry On films really, which were all in quick succession, which was Carry On Cleo, Carry On Cowboy, and Carry On Screaming, mm. and they're all like when it's top of the game and actually genuinely funny, genuinely jokes. Mm. I mean, I'm not actually the, tonight was the first time I ever got the. Then we must explore Avery Avenue, and I've not got that before, which was just. I didn't get it. Avery Avenue. Oh. The, the police. It's always like <laughs> we'll, we'll explore every avenue, and oh. yeah, for the first time ever. Oh. But there's like, but it's. <laughs> and I've, I did it with Carrie and Cleo as well because there's a bit where they go on about oh it's very hot there isn't it? He said no, but we've got a deep freeze that runs around the walls. Oh, <laughs> and it was like, oh yeah, freeze! Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no way was I getting that as a kid. <laughs> so. But yeah, and it's obviously just classy. Yeah. As is Fenella Fielding. And she's done she did two carry ons. Oh really? She did this and carry on cabby, I think. Okay. Um but yeah, so but every 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 fucker in it's been every bleeding way. Yeah. I thought the the way like her character was was a good uh, off offset from the way the rest of them were because she wasn't silly <coughs> but she did um yeah, complimented it well. So she mm. didn't seem out of place, but mm. she was different enough. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, she still she still got some good lines, but it's mm. but isn't she's not sort of as it's not silly. Yeah, not sort of overt as. But then I think I mean like even stuff like Kenneth Williams in this, I can't help but feel riffraff in Rocky Horror. Mm. Oh, absolutely, takes a, a lot. Yes, you know, I yeah. think Richard. Like, very camp. Yeah, very, uh, and sort of, yes. it just there were bits of it where it just really reminded me, like when he confronts him with the, this is petrifying liquid and it works. <laughs> it sort of felt a bit like the end of Rocky Horror, where they come out as um, the aliens. In a tie into Rocky <coughs> Horror, actually, um, Doctor Dean, a previous guest on the show, um, was over last weekend, um, and we were discussing things we've been listening to on vinyl. And he said he'd been listening to Son of Schmilson. Oh, the Harry Nilsson yeah. album, yeah, where he's dressed as Dracula on the front, and he has Yeah, um, and I had a copy of it upstairs. It was one of those, I literally saw it and got it because of the cover, yeah. and had never quite got round to listening to it. And he was saying to me, oh, if you want to hear where all the inspiration for the music from Rocky Horror come from, go and listen to Son of Schmilson. And I was like, all right. I've got that upstairs, I've never listened to it. And I went upstairs and dug it out as we were sitting there. Yeah. What a fantastic That's album! Good. So if you, yeah, if you look, if you're into Rocky Horror and want to hear what massively inspired that, go and listen to Sonny Schmilson. 
it's fantastic. Speaking of music, there's in this they've got um, whenever the whenever uh, Sergeant Bung is driving around, the music does Z cars. Did 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 Flying oh. <laughs> so. Such a shame. It's, but again, it's those little things that just make it. As you say, I noticed it this time. The step toe, mm-hmm. which I'd never. Mm-hmm. I've, before. Oh, I've right. seen this film yeah. probably a dozen times mm-hmm. before, and this was the first time I really picked up on it. Mm. Did you pick up on that, Chris? No, I, I never saw step toe. So. Oh. Lucky you. What were you doing on oh, Saturday no, no, mornings no, no. or Sunday mornings? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. Um, oh, I forgot to mention, Fenella Fielding's in that old dark house. Oh. The William Castle one. Which oh. is another reason that I want to uh, dig it out. Was it the same year you were saying earlier? That was from? Yes, yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, that that we've definitely got to check out. We've definitely got to find that ugly duckling. The Bernard Breslau one. As well. I feel, I feel I'm being remiss to Wes to not mention the amount of Doctor Who's in this. So obviously you've got John Pertwee yes. uh, as the, the scientist, which uh, he's just... A small part, but brilliant. Oh, yeah. and um, But, yes, you've got... So Bernard Breslau was the first ever ice warrior uh, in Doctor Who with the marsh, giant Martian lizards in armour. Okay. Uh, and basically he's the reason for the way they do it now is because mm. he got a script and it had fuck all in it other than do this, do that. So he made these creatures that hiss and do all these weird things and stuff like that. Um, Peter Butterworth is a time lord. He was the meddling monk in the time meddler in the Daleks master plan. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, uh, Angela Douglas, who's Doris, that man Doris, uh, (laughs) that Doris man. Uh, She was also Doris Lethbridge-Stewart, the brigadier's wife in Battlefield. Uh, Joan Sims, who's Emily Bung, who I really feel sorry for. In this, because it is a lot of abuse that she takes. Do you know what she does? In or she, she's a lovely looking woman, and she's always the oh that frumpy old cow. But and it's she's weird in all of the carry on, and it's like she she isn't. She's she's lovely. But it's it's weird because she has such a sort of range of parts across them because in early carry ons she's the the sort of she's the sex interest. Mm. And then she sort of veers between battle axes mm. and... Pushed aside as she got older, I think. That's mm. what you find. But, yeah, yeah, but also she's, in the, uh... but she still had sort of roles where she was desired. And sort of yeah. like, you know, she was, quite, she was sort of like overly sexed or something like that. You know, it wasn't all just battle axes mm. and things like that. But she really did sort of like do... She had a lot more going on than mm. a lot of them do. Because a lot of them, it's just, you're always this one. You're the attractive yeah. one and that's yeah. it, yeah. And so, yeah, it's sort of never sort of... But, yeah, I, I think she gets a bit of bit of our press in this. Yeah. But, yeah, she was uh, Katrika, Queen of the Three in The Mysterious Planet. But also... Um, <laughs> um, Oddbod Junior uh, was a stuntman in the first ever Doctor Who. Oh, wow. Uh, 
Um, which was cavemen, so you can sort of see where that was yeah. going, can't you? Because he's, he's obviously quite a hairy boy. So, but yeah, and oh, and there's the cabbie in it was the first poli- it was the first policeman in the Feast of Steve, which is the first ever Doctor Who Christmas special, and it only took him well till two thousand and five to do another one. So it was <laughs> quite an early one on that, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, I'm sort of like when I was going through. I mean, obviously John Pert, we. Um, he's in House That Drip Blood mm. um, and being Wurzel Gunnage um, but yeah what was so it? was he just very much a BBC actor so he would sort of be I think everyone you know, called well, in there was sort of a small yeah. pool of them were there, I, think, I think basically there's the, the, the carry on team and like I say of the people in this there's even sort of like small parts and stuff like that like the woman who's in the cab with um, yeah. with uh, Sergeant Bun's wife um, she's like in about 200 odd fucking films oh, right. yeah 262 film roles she's got she's in Quite a Mass Experiment Quite a Mass 2 uh, something called Terror Street which is a Hammer film uh, and Paranoiac and she's in The Vault of Horror and wow. she's in The Creeping Flesh for Tygon so yeah there's a lot of uh, that's the thing a lot of it crosses over I mean the guy who's the desk sergeant uh, he's in Evil of Frankenstein. Yeah, I recognised him, yeah. Dr. Terror's House of Horror, Tales from the Crypt, Asylum, Vault of Horror, Tales that Witness Madness, and now the screaming starts the skull. Curse of the Crimson Altar. Yeah. <coughs> yep. Yeah. It's every... He's the desk sergeant in Curse of the Crimson Altar. Is he? Altar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, typecast, was he? Poor man. I, th- I think every sod in this is typecast in one way or another. Yeah, the cabbies in Frankenstein and the monster from hell, and yeah, it's just a lot of uh, basically a lot of Doctor Who, a lot of Hammer, a lot of Amicus, because Britain had made at the time. Britain had about three actors. (laughs) Could you just come over here after you filmed that one? I mean, it makes you wonder when they're sort of like. There's always this thing where it's like when you're an actor, where's the next role coming from? It was shooting fish in a barrel back then <laughs> yeah, yeah, but then I suppose England had a film industry mm. yeah. I mean there were two carry on films out that year yeah. there was that oh, and no. Don't Lose Your Head came out like near Christmas and stuff and it's like and Hammer I mean Christ almighty they were just blasting yeah. it out yeah. and you just realised how much A there was a lot of money involved and B where did it go because <laughs> pretty much everyone everyone acting in them dies in penury mm. yeah and sort of, who were those producers terrible. and directors you were talking about earlier uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think they've done I think they did fairly mm. well well they were still alive by Carry On Columbus and most of them were dead so yes. I would assume that sort of like things hadn't gone too bad, mm. badly and a private healthcare was involved <laughs> see that's terrible to think that back then you could have films that have endured now for 50, 60 years, and the people who made them earned piss all. Whereas they earned the flat rate of the day. That wasn't mm. like the of filming. Yeah. That was it. No and, residuals, nothing. And like now that, you've yeah. got people making bulk standard crap for Universal who are earning tens of millions of pounds a, a mm. movie to phone in a, a shit, a shit attempt at characterisation. Are you, are you looking want... at Tom Cruise? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm yeah. looking at Tom Cruise. Well, in that case, all I will say is, is uh, look down. <laughs> tiny, tiny man. <laughs> no amount of Scientology will change that. 
How about big golf boots, that? <laughs> oh, uh, on the subject of... Big golf boots? Scientology yes. um, and conspiracy theories, etc. Um, a couple of friends of ours have just started a podcast. Yes. Um, we should put a shout out. I, I'm not going to lie. I only heard about it this evening, so I've not listened to any, but Adam, however, has. Yeah, it's uh, basically, it's uh, called Andrew and Jordan. That's it. That's plain and simple. And, and it's our friends, yeah. Andrew and Jordan. Yeah, strangely enough. And it's uh, the best way. They described it as Derek and Clive explore mysteries of the universe. <laughs> and they're pretty much spot on with that <laughs> assessment. <laughs> Claire listened to it. She said that the opening line of episode one was, uh, well, we've been looking at some YouTube videos. And she said, that's it. I'm sold. <laughs> so, but no, good stuff and keep it up, gents. I want to hear more. I liked Bigfoot or Big Feet. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Bigfoot. He's the blue. Um, yeah, so I'm definitely going to be listening to those over the weekend. Um, but yeah, if Claire and Adam enjoyed them, then I'm more than confident. Um, yeah, going behind uh, the side with it. And obviously, we mentioned Pinball Bobby earlier from Not For Everyone podcast. Go and listen to them. And congratulations. Congratulations to Bobby and his beautiful blushing bride who got married last weekend, which Woo! is now yeah. Yeah. six weeks ago. Yeah, now, now, now. Yeah. Oh, well, they'll be bored of each other by now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, congratulations, guys. All the best. Um, yeah. Also, the picture that you put up of you and your dad at your wedding Speaking as a very English person, that was the most Texan thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I love. Did they have a dead the cow around their shoulders? No, they. It just a it, gun, it, two it, guns. It, no, it was. No? Ju- it was just two. It was just two men killing it. It was just. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was pure style, in a, but in a really Texan big hat, a necktie. It. Uh, they just looked the part. Fantastic! Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. It was like dictionary definition Texan. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. So, yeah. Go on, guys. You fucking nail it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and next episode. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, I know it's very near to what we just covered. Yeah. But we did mention it earlier and I did get a little bit excited. Um, <laughs> we could cover. <laughs> we could cover months to go home. Be up for that. Oh, yeah. Only as an idea. Remind me. So the monsters of monsters fame. Father is Frankenstein. Mother is a vampire. Yep. Uh, grandfather is a vampire. Child mm. is a werewolf. Uh, niece is a norm. Okay. Norm, norm. Niece. Yeah. Uh, Live in a big house uh, in, I think it's set California. I think it is, yeah. Yeah. Um, I so not so why, seen this. What? No, 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 I know, I know oh, what monsters okay. are. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. Like 13, it, 13 Mockingbird Lake. So why does it go home? What? Uh, so uh, basically um, uh, somebody dies in England and Herman inherits a house and an estate and a fortune. Mm. But... The family who lived in the house um, don't want them to have it, so are trying to scare them away. And the son of the family who lived there is played by Terry Thomas, 
my, one of my all-time favourite actors in one of my all-time favourite roles. Um, yeah, so I've not watched that film in probably four months, so I'm going <laughs> to watch it again. At least three days. <laughs> okay, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, so months to go home next. Yeah, why not? Let's have a run. Let's write it down yeah. so we don't end up like we did in the last episode. I'm just going to write it on my body like memento. Because <laughs> yeah. it's the only way, mate. So I thought you were going to say Abbott and Costello. I did, actually. I did assumed you. he was going to say yeah. Abbott and Costello. I, I, I very Steve. much enjoyed Abbott mm. and Costello, but... Um, but he wants to watch months to go home. months to go home. That's quite good, because that's after my research done, because I've already got the list of movies <laughs> that were out that year. So, yeah. <laughs> See this podcast for that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, we actually saw a screening of it at the park in where we went to the yeah. to the mm. uh, film festival, South End Hor- on Sea. Horror on Sea. Yeah. So the White Bus Company, who arranged that film mm. festival, also did a zombie walk a few years ago yeah. on South End Pier. And it ended at the park in and... Yeah, they showed months to go home in in the same foyer. Um, yeah, and it was very good. It's great. It was. I'm sure yeah. we could find photos you could put up on your Instagram mm-hmm. when you're, you know. Oh, of us. Uh, up with, yeah, yeah. everyone that's about, that's about 18 cameras mm. or whatever. There you go, yeah. yeah. I have got some on the computer over the thing. Yeah, so that's yeah. Fine. Um, yeah, so that's good. And also, there's a poster of months to go home in their cavern home in the Lost Boys. Oh. Is there? Yes. I've never spotted that. Yes. No, I don't think I've Yeah, so that. when they go down into yeah. the... Jim Morrison's in there, but... Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. So when yeah. they're all sitting there eating the Chinese yeah. and stuff in that cavern, oh, right. yeah, there's a big poster of Jim Morrison, yeah. there's also a big poster of Months to Go Home. Wow. So, oh, there you go. Well, that's a link to... We need to be watching Lost Boys soon, I feel. Oh, I have yeah, a feeling. It's going to be on the list. I'm Maybe when Adam is on his paternity leave. We're saying when Adam goes on his paternity <laughs> and yeah. he's replaced by Jennifer, I have a feeling. Hello, I, I'm Adam. I, I was going to say, I, th- I, think, I don't think Jennifer's replacing because Jennifer's part of the team. Oh. Oh. She, has a, she has her own place. I thought I might yeah. step up into your shoes for a little while and well, then step back down to the floor again. I'll get myself some new docs you can break them in for me. Oh, well, Is that when you're going to do the research, Jennifer? Oh, yes, the research, mm. the funny voices. <laughs> I'm, I'm up for the it thoughts, all, really. The <laughs> well, Getting swallowed by the sofa. Yeah. All the things that Adam does best. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so does that also mean that you don't like Lost Boys? Oh, I don't have a problem with Lost no. Boys, no. No, I was just, we were saying earlier that, yes, if I get to step into Adam's role briefly, then surely I will get a bit more say in what mm. actually gets watched, you see. So yeah, sorry, we were having horror, this discussion the in the Boys. garden earlier, drinking yes. beer. Right, okay. Because um, they were saying, oh, you know, it's because oh. we were talking about how the, the episodes were catching up in time. Mm. And he's saying, oh, obviously Adam's going to have his, his paternity leave for a bit, I'm sure. <laughs> Men only have two weeks, anyway. Yeah, so... Thanks ever so much for listening. Uh, don't forget to send your questions to hashtag Ask Welcome to Horror. Yep. Um, message us below. Uh, find us on Instagram at Welcome to Horror. Uh, come to our Facebook page, uh, Welcome to Horror. SoundCloud, you can message us below. Um, or email us at info at welcome to horror.com. Um, and we will see you again next time. Thanks again for listening. Bye. 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 Uh, uh. 
good you're not playing the music now. How does it feel to treat me like you do when you've laid your hands upon me and told me who you are? I thought I was mistaken. I thought I heard your words. Tell me, how do I feel? Tell me now, how do I feel?